Hey, welcome to the Puma Podcast. I'm Puma. <laughs> and I'm Tori. Hey, we're glad that you're hey, joining us today. we are today. so glad you're here. Yeah, we are. I see, when Tori lets me start this, I never know what I'm talking about. Well, it's just funny because I see your face, and I just wonder, what if the audience saw your face? Yeah, I, you know, so I... <laughs> it's funny. It's a good, yeah. it's a good funny. Well, it is good. I, you know, and on this podcast, we talk about Jesus, life, and everything in between. Yeah, we do. We do. And that's a good thing. Um, it's such a... It's just so cool that I can do this with my father. I love that. Yeah. Um, well, I actually think it's more cool to do it with your son. Well, so just saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we have that in, in common and appreciate each other. Uh, but yeah, no, welcome back to the Poom Podcast. It, I Again, if you're here with us, just thank you for being here. Uh, we absolutely love, love, love the fact that you guys are joining us and with us on this journey as we come to learn and discuss, like Puma said, Jesus' life and everything in between. And we were talking about the Great Commission, about discipleship making, and more pointed, what were Jesus's methodology, his strategy on how he made disciples and how can we join him in that? Last week, we talked about the mission, but but a little more pointed, the missional perspective and values of Jesus. So we, we know there's a, the Great Commission to make disciples, to make disciples, but Jesus, there were three key things that we think the Bible really highlights about how he made disciples. Yeah, or his, like his method principles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who we want to share what we talked about last week? Yeah, well, the thing of the Great Commission, Matthew 28, oftentimes you hear that at missions conferences, mm-hmm. and we equate that with evangelism. Go and do evangelism. That's Isn't right. it interesting? Jesus didn't say go do evangelism. He said go make disciples. Mm. You can't make disciples without evangelism. But you can certainly evangelize and not make disciples. That's a really good. Say it again, because that, that was really good. Oh, why? Well, so, <laughs> 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 yeah. so you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, all fathers are are men, but not all men are fathers. Hmm. See, it doesn't go. You need evangelism to make disciples, hmm. right? Evangelism is a part of making disciples, but you can evangelize and not make disciples. You can't hmm. make a disciple without evangelism. But you can certainly go out and evangelize people and then walk away and go connect with other people. Yeah. You see, to make disciples is holistic. Yeah. It, it is it is a whole, it's the whole process of somebody basically who was, you know, a stranger, you know, from God, estranged from God and, and dead in their sin, who come to faith in Christ and now mm. grow, and then they go and reproduce themselves. So it's all yeah. about reproducing yourselves. It's about um, producing food fruit and multiplying mm-hmm. Jesus making disciples is that holistic it encompasses everything and so that was Jesus's North Star why because the father sent Jesus on a mission to accomplish before he went mm-hmm. to the cross we've gone over that in John 17 4 mm-hmm. Jesus constantly said the father has sent me the father has sent me the father yeah. has sent me Jesus then said to his disciples before he left as the father has sent me so I'm sending mm-hmm. you Mm-hmm. He says in Acts one eight, you will be my witness. You'll bear witness to me all over the place. As in John thirteen, he says, as I loved you, so you must love each other. By this, all men will know that you guys are my disciples by your love for each other. So loving each other, loving our world, all of this is all mixed into this big idea of making disciples. Mm-hmm. And so that when we think that Jesus was missional or on mission, that's what we're talking about. That mm-hmm. his north star was doing exactly what the Father said regardless of the cost, regardless of the consequences, regardless of opposition, regardless of the successes. We can be just as tempted by success as we are by opposition to get off focus and to stop doing what God has called us to do. 
Yeah. No, that's a great, great summary to be missional, the North Star. So we talked about that last week, and we're going to talk about the next really two, and I like how you said it last week, very applicational um, aspects of discipleship making. So let's dive in. So when we talk about Jesus's methodology for making disciples, it's very easy to read the Gospels and think, well, Jesus had no method. He he just kind of haphazardly went here and there. What's amazing to me, he had just three, three and a half years hmm. before he went to the cross to accomplish the Father's mission, to accomplish the Father's work that the Father sent Jesus to do. Now, if I were, well, if I were a youth pastor... <laughs> Which you are. And I had just four years... Of, of with the students through high school mm. and you know when they come in and when they go out and what what needs to happen in those four years for them to be a mature uh disciple making christ following student mm. you know that's not a lot of time i yeah. mean that that's and there's so many other variables in life that is not a lot right. of time to to figure these things out you know and so jesus i mean he had a limited amount of time to mm-hmm. accomplish the the work of the Father. So uh, what did Jesus do? You would think that he would just just get right to it. <laughs> right, he would not waste any time. Not waste, yeah. not waste any time. Right to the point. Yeah. Uh, what's amazing to me <clears throat> is that in the Gospels, we really don't have a whole lot written in the Gospels in the first you know year and a half, two years of Jesus' earthly mm-hmm. ministry. In fact... We we don't have much. What we do have, like like John chapter one, you know, Jesus is baptized. He goes in the wilderness. He gets done in the wilderness. Comes back to the Jordan River where he was baptized. And John the Baptist says, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away mm-hmm. the sin of the world." What's interesting in John chapter one that um, one of John the Baptist's disciples turns and looks at Jesus, and his name is Andrew. Mm-hmm. And there was another disciple of John the Baptist who also turned with Andrew and want to see who John the Baptist is talking about, this Lamb of God. And it's interesting because in John chapter 1, you have Andrew, and the other unnamed disciple is most assuredly John, who became mm-hmm. the disciple of Jesus. They start following Jesus, and, and John, who wrote the Gospel of John, says the exact moment that he first met Jesus was 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And and John records that. Well, um, Andrew goes and gets his brother Peter, and, you know, then they get, you know, Nathaniel and, and, you know, a couple of guys. And you have there in John chapter 1, you have about, you know, three days. It says the next day, the next day, the next day. And then it says that um, they went up to to Cana and Galilee because there was a wedding up there in Cana and Galilee. Mm-hmm. So they go up to Cana and Galilee, about a three-day, you know, journey up there. Wow, so days. basically you have about a week's worth of time that John records when he first met Jesus, after Jesus was baptized, after the wilderness. Mm-hmm. So they're up in Cana and Galilee, you know, chapter 2 of John, and this is where Jesus changes the water into wine, that that, Mm -hmm. that miracle, that Mm -hmm. story. What's interesting, because after that, it says they go down to Capernaum for a few days. So you have John chapter 2, verse 12. It says after that, they went down to Capernaum, you know, for a few days. And then the next verse, verse 13, John chapter 2, 13, it says, when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover. Now, what time of the year is the Jewish Passover? Well, that's like spring. Yeah, it's like spring, Easter time. Yeah. Yeah, spring, Easter time. Yeah, what's interesting is if Jesus' baptism happened 
say midsummer ish, mm. then forty days into the wilderness, yeah. and then they have a week and they go up to Canaan and Galilee. So you're talking about the fall ish time. Mm-hmm. That this verse between John two twelve and John two thirteen. Yeah, late spring. Yeah. So you're talking two, three, four, five months, six months maybe. Just in that verse. Be- between those two verses, verse wow. twelve and verse thirteen. Interesting. Right? So let's say it's four or five months, right? During mm-hmm. the, the winter months up in Gal up in Galilee before the Jewish Passover, before they go down to Jerusalem Jewish Passover. Mm. There's nothing recorded during that time. What is Jesus doing? I, I mean, on paper it sounds like he's just hanging out with the disciples. Yeah. I mean, just yeah, just hanging. If he has three, three and a half years mm. after his baptism, his earthly ministry to yeah. accomplish the Father's mission to do the work of the Father, you would think that he would get right to it. Yeah. You think the... he would start preaching to the crowd. You think he yes. would start just kind of get right to it. Right. But yeah, he like, quote, wastes nine months just chilling. I mean, like, yeah, that sounds crazy. Yeah. Like, why? Right. <laughs> why would he do that? Well, you know, especially as Americans, we want everything quick. So yeah. in ministry, right? So mm. I, I want to grow spiritually super fast. I want the microwave version. Mm, I want the mm-hmm. microwave class. I want the microwave theology class. I want I want right. to give me the pill, right? Yeah. I don't want to have to spend time, you know, mm-hmm. working on something. Give it to me quick. Yeah. You know, is there an it's app true. for that? Is there something? And, and so we're in this, let's get everything done super, super fast. Disciple making is not something that you can do quickly. Yeah. Mm. Because the context for making disciples is relationships with people. And relationships mm. take time to cultivate, take time to develop, yeah. take time to get to know people. Disciple-making is life investing in another life. And mm. what's amazing to me is that Jesus, though he had a limited amount of time, did not take shortcuts. I tend to want to take shortcuts. I yeah. think I have one weekend retreat, and I think <laughs> I, I know people really well and super, super close. And especially mm. in our busyness today in, in the church and in you know, like American life, we're so busy, we don't have time to relationally invest with people. Or our time is so divided out with, I'm, I'm friends with 50 people. I gotta, you know, I gotta filter it out all over the place. Mm. And so I can't spend any kind of quality time with any one or two individuals. Or mm. I have all my activities, right? I have, uh, you know, I have, I have work, I have school, I have all my hobbies, I do all these different things. There isn't a whole lot of time to invest mm-hmm. in another person's life to really take the time to get to know somebody. You see, when I think of Jesus's like methodology or how did he make disciples? He had, the mission was very, very clear. He had the North star, what the father told mm-hmm. him to do. And so every moment of his life then had that focus in the context of making disciples was relationships. And Jesus mm-hmm. understood that that does not happen quickly. Interestingly, and in, in like Luke chapter 5, for instance. And that's the the account where um, the disciples are fishing all night long. Mm-hmm. Peter, James, Andrew, John, fishing all night long, caught nothing. Jesus on the shore preaching, and, right. and, and they caught nothing. And Jesus steps into the boat so he can go out a ways from shore so he can mm-hmm. continue to preach. And then he says to the guys, go out into the deep water and throw your nets down. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is um, that is not the time of the day to catch. They right. had already done this all night long. Jesus is not a professional fisherman. That's right. He's a carpenter. Yeah. Rather. Yeah. What does he know about, about actual fishing? 
But what's interesting is Peter says, yeah, this is weird. This makes no sense. But Jesus, because you said so, Mm. I'll go do it. You see, at that point, Peter had probably known Jesus for a year and a half to two years. Wow, so not not a stranger. This was not the first time. They they had spent lots of time together. Mm. And what's interesting is, though it made no sense, because Peter had cultivated the relationship, or vice versa, Jesus had cultivated a Mm. trust relationship with Peter, Peter was willing to do what Jesus asked him to do, though it made no sense. Yes. You see, for Jesus to groom Peter into someone that is wholeheartedly sold out to Jesus. It required a relationship built upon trust, and that relational trust relationship took time. And Jesus was not willing to sacrifice, take shortcuts. You see, the the second big idea for making disciples is relational, Mm -hmm. relationships. We all are involved in relationship with people, um, but we don't um, really see relationships with people mm. with the lens of disciple making. I love what you you said too about relationships. You said it must have been high school, but you said relationships move at the speed of trust, and trust takes time. And I think Jesus absolutely understood that. That yes, he he had his north star. He had he he knew God's mission. He was missionally minded. He knew where he was going. He knew he was going to be used. And yet, the context, the second part, he knew relationships are everything. To make disciples, you have to be in relationships. And it's so cool. You pointed out in Scripture, Jesus did not cut corners to spend time with his disciples. He spent what might seem like an absurd amount of time because that part of discipleship making is just spending time with people. I wonder what happened during those you know six to nine months of Jesus just becoming, building that trust, right? And I think you're right. In youth ministry, in any ministry, we want to see souls change. We want to people to take a class and be disciples. We want people to instantly understand and know the heart of God. And yet we forget to mentor someone, to disciple someone. That takes time. Yeah, it takes time. There's an investment there. What's interesting is so that it was almost Passover time. So then they go down to the Passover. And that first Passover is where Jesus encounters Nicodemus at night. Hmm. Nick at night. Nick at night, yes. (laughs) And after that, it's interesting, after that, John says in in John 3, 22, it says, After this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean wilderness where he spent some time with them. Hmm. And that phrase, you know, spending time, is kind of not, it's not a descriptive amount of time. It could be, you know, days, weeks, or months. Like, Like there's like a quantity of time there. He went out to spend time with them. Like for a season. Yeah, he's not saying we went out for the afternoon. He's Mm. saying we spent like a chunk of time, a week, Mm. two weeks, a month, we don't know. But but it's not a, it's not, it's not going out for coffee for an hour. This is going and doing life together for a period of time. Mm. Also, what's interesting is here, um, we know probably Peter Andrew, James, John, and maybe a few others, but this isn't even the 12 yet. Hmm. Um, I mean, they haven't even met Matthew yet at this point um, in Jesus's life. I mean, there's, there, there's the, the official 12 aren't even there. So these are just those hmm. still early, early guys that he's wow. hanging out and he's spending time with them. And the idea there too is interesting because it's the word also means to um, almost infuse your life into them, that Jesus went mm. out to 
impart himself into them. In. Yeah, like to invest in them or like a good marinade, right? You know, the marinade get into... Just to soak in. Yeah, Jesus wanted his heart and his purpose and his values to get into his guys. And the way that happened was spending time together for them to see him, to watch him, to talk with him. And so this, when we talk about relational, this is what Jesus modeled for us. This is how he lived. He lived intentionally to cultivate relationships that really, really mattered. Relationships that were helping move people to be a disciple of Jesus because Mm -hmm. Jesus was a disciple maker because the mission was to make disciples. I realize how often I am not relational because I'm rushing things. And I'm curious about the third point, all right? We talked about, right, one, to be missionally minded, have that North Star, realize we're on God's team, and, and to seek that sort of purpose that God's given us, directed us. Two, relationships are everything. Jesus, part of his philosophy of ministry to make disciples, he he was relational and spent time with people. Let's talk about intentionality. I mean, to be intentional, I mean, that's kind of a vague question. Like, what do you mean by that? What, what, is, what did Jesus do to prove his intentionality? Yeah, so, yeah, for intentions, right? So we always do things for a reason, mm. right? We we go certain places on purpose. We, you know, choose to watch certain movies on purpose. Mm-hmm. We spend our time on purpose. We spend our money on purpose. We have reasons for that. Mm-hmm. So if our North Star is to make disciples and the context is is people, well, then the next question is, and Jesus was very intentional in how he managed his time, managed his money, managed his opportunities in order to and say, uh, connect with people or to relate with people. So it's interesting because we looked at John chapter one, Jesus goes into the Judean wilderness uh, and tempted for 40 days. When he comes out of that, where does he go? He goes right back mm-hmm. to where John the Baptist was baptizing. Yeah, Jordan. Right? He did that on purpose. I think in part because Peter and Andrew and, and John and Nathaniel were there. Mm. Jesus got baptized by John the Baptist. John the Baptist had disciples whom Andrew and, and John, the disciple, yeah. were a part of that. Jesus went right back to that same place. And when John the Baptist saw him, the Lamb of God, Andrew and, and John both had a sensitivity to want to check mm. out what their current rabbi, John the Baptist, why he was so excited about the Lamb of God. So they turned mm-hmm. to follow the Lamb of God. If Jesus hadn't gone back to the Jordan River, Peter and Andrew and James and John probably yeah. would not have become disciples, the disciples that we, that we know. So Jesus intentionally went to the same place just because he knew they were there. Because he knew they were, they were there. Mm-hmm. And if they are following John the Baptist, then they have a spiritual sensitivity because John the mm-hmm. Baptist was mm-hmm. the forerunner. John the Baptist was the one who was saying, repent. John the Baptist said, the one who's coming after me, I'm not worthy to untie his shoe. So these guys had already had that sensitivity. So when Jesus shows up, they were, they were ready. See, Jesus, Jesus went back to the very same place where he was baptized. He had probably seen those guys helping John the Baptist baptize because they're John the Baptist's disciples. Right, right. So he went back there and initiated a relationship with them. And they had a choice whether they were going to reciprocate or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jesus was intentional where he went. So Jesus was invited to the wedding up in Cana. 
Mm-hmm. Well, where are these guys from? They're all from Galilee, not far from there. Interesting. And so Jesus goes back up to Cana for the wedding, and it says that his disciples went with him. Hmm. So well, maybe his location was partially intentional because of who he was trying to relationally connect with. Yeah, and so if he's going to travel, why not take right, the guys invite. with, right? Hmm. He could have said, hey, why don't you guys stay here with John the Baptist and continue? I'll come back down in the spring at Passover time. Right, yeah. But but when we spend time, you know, what a better way to spend time with people than going road trips. <laughs> That's right? true, yeah. So, so for you and me to be intentional, if I'm going out somewhere, take somebody with me, somebody mm. that I want to spend time with, somebody I want to invest in. Right. Um, you know, if you're, you know, a parent, we, we do this with, we can do this with our kids. We can be intentional, you know, how can I be intentional with my children to spend time with them, to invest in them, to mm. bring up conversations or topics or take them places that would help them grow and pursue Jesus. Yeah. Um, when we talk about intentionality, all we're doing is thinking through how am I managing this relationship? You know, where, where are we going? Um, can I bring somebody along with me? Mm. Uh, I live in a particular neighborhood and so I can be very intentional with my neighbors, right? You got mm. different holidays. So, you know, Christmas and Easter and other things, you know, are there ways for me to connect with them around those holidays when they might be open to mm. hearing things or, you know, I have a free Friday evening. Uh, why not invite a neighbor over? Be intentional and in, in mm. intentional with that time. Just invite them over to initiate a relationship. Right. They don't have to respond. Mm-hmm. But see, we we tend to get very selfish with our time and our money. And mm. We're intentional selfishly, but we're not intentional for uh, the mission. Right. So the, all these three things, right, to be, you know, missional, Again, to know our purpose, to know the Great Commission, to be relational, to to spend time with people. But then the third part, to be intentional with that time, to pick and choose um, people to spend time with because of the mission, because you've been called by God. Who are you going to invest in and who's invested in you? Um, I love how Jesus was very particular, you know, because he walked by people, too. Right. He walked by people. Yeah. But to to invest. So I go on church on a Sunday morning. Some mm-hmm. people come and they sit down. They don't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. They get up when the closing song is going on and they walk out the door. Wow. See, that is not mm-hmm. that is not thinking about the mission. You know, it, I right. mean, our our schedules, especially in American culture, tend to be so packed with activities that sometimes it's really hard for us to connect with people. And you can invite people, but everyone is so busy, and so it really mm-hmm. is hard today to leverage time or shift time to spend with people and mm. you can't, you can't connect with everybody, you know? And right. so sometimes you have to pick and choose how you're going to spend your time. But even like on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, or if a, a church has like whole church activities, so many people don't participate in those. What a great mm. way to spend time with people in your church outside of a service mm. to just kind of sit around a, you know, a fire and, roast a hot dog and yeah. laugh at someone's, you know, marshmallow <laughs> on fire. And it's amazing mm. the the kind of conversations and the way you can get to know each other in some of those mm. informal settings. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me how many people don't take advantage of those. They schedule their time differently mm. to not take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of ways that we could do that when we have, you know, activities at a church or um, even like in a, in a class. You could have a, a class at church and it could just be information or it could be an opportunity to connect with people, not just in the mm-hmm. class, but maybe outside, cultivate those mm-hmm. relationships. But to seek to be intentional with people 
um, for the purpose of helping them become a devoted follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus. Yeah. No, that's really good, Puma. Yeah, just some convicting, but but really good to think through, like, you know, wow, who am I being intentional, relational, emotional with, you know? And I think it goes to the big, the AQ, the application question, you know? Um, if you had to summarize a good application question for us based on today's podcast, so how would you, how would you phrase that? Yeah, so just think about this week that you're currently living. And, you know, everybody has 24 hours in a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have the same amount of time. True. Because uh, Jesus calls us not, he calls us to reprioritize our life. When I'm living mm-hmm. just for myself, I just live for myself. But when I come to meet Jesus, now I'm not living for me. I'm living mm-hmm. um, in relationship with, with Jesus to bring him glory and to enjoy him forever. And he calls me then to be on a mission. I am to make disciples. So my life might be just looking at my, my time and, and my money and everything differently. Mm-hmm. I might I might be in a volleyball league. That doesn't mean that I have to quit the volleyball league. Now I see the volleyball league differently. I don't see it a league for me to go play. I see it now for me to go connect with the people in that league. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm doing the same activity. I'm just being intentional and seeing people mm-hmm. differently. Mm-hmm. So an application question would be, just think about your life this week. What does your schedule look like this week? Whether it's work, whether it's activities and all these things. And and why are you doing the things that you're doing? Yeah. And is there one way, just take, take one activity or take one situation. Is there one thing that you can do to just re-intention mm-hmm. why you're doing it and the people that you're doing it with? Um, maybe, maybe there's one person there that you've seen, you know, for the last eight weeks, you know, playing volleyball and you just see them there. But maybe this week you're like, I'm going to actually say, Mm -hmm. Hey, maybe why don't Mm -hmm. we go out afterwards and and just get something to drink? I I don't even know your last name. I just see Mm -hmm. you as, 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 as volleyball Bob. Yeah. Right. And so that's that's just being intentional. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great, great application question. Yeah. Who can you be, you know, missional with because that God's called you to make disciples. Who can you be relationally invested in in terms of your time? And at the same time, be intentional about that. Who who has God put in your life that you could be pouring into, that you could be slowly, even if it's like six to nine months or whatever it takes, just to get to know and love people intentionally because the mission is worth it. That's great. Well, thank you, Puma. And guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We just so appreciate you guys tuning in. If you have any questions or even comments, we'd love to hear them at thepumapodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to touch base with you guys. And yeah, we'll be praying for you guys. I'll be praying for, we'll be praying for you guys that God would open up doors and show you who that person or people might be to just really show Jesus to. So we love you guys and we'll see you next week. Friday's at 1010. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye.